Koto and welcome to Primary Matters, a podcast that delves into the things that matter to the primary industries. I'm Carol Stiles and in this series, Gut Feelings, we're looking at food safety, the things we shouldn't eat, what to look out for and efforts to keep us all healthy and safe. Today I have sand between my toes. I'm on the coast at the top of the south with MPI's Piers Harrison. Well, we're down at uh, Rarangi Beach here in Marlborough and we can look down south and we can see a clam harvester down there, uh, just dredging along, catching tuatua. Shellfish are of particular interest to peers. He works in a team that helps ensure they're safe to eat and to export. So um, mussel farming and oyster farming, we do all the water quality monitoring and um, make sure that all the requirements for growing those shellfish are being met. Piers also looks after the recreational biotoxin program that keeps shellfish lovers like me safe. That program monitors water and shellfish for marine biotoxins. If they're found in high levels, a public health warning will be issued. So there's a range of phytoplankton, which are little microscopic algae out there in the water, um, and some of those species can cause illness. So they create toxins, which... When the shellfish filter feed and accumulate them, then the shellfish can become toxic themselves. First of all, tell me about some of the nasty diseases or conditions that you can get if you eat contaminated seafood. So I think the worst toxin we see out there is paralytic shellfish toxin. So that's uh, um, caused by toxic algae and that causes paralysis of um, your diaphragm, which is in your lungs there. So you, you can stop breathing from it. So it's pretty fatal for a lot of people if, if the levels are really high. You might get a tingly mouth or your fingers start tingling as well and then if you eat enough shellfish maybe a, a short time later you're starting to feel difficulty breathing, you'll start wheezing and then all of a sudden your lungs are having difficulty breathing so you really need to get to a hospital in that instance. And what can be done? Well, I think they just put you on a breathing apparatus type setup where they just keep you breathing until the toxin disappears from your body. There's actually not a lot they can do aside just to maintain your breathing. How often do we see paralytic shellfish toxins in New Zealand? The toxins themselves, we see them routinely in our shellfish, um, but at really low levels. And then occasionally we'll see those levels rise. And so, I don't know, maybe five times a year we might have to put a public health warning out. Do you put a public health warning out before somebody gets sick or after somebody gets sick? No, absolutely before. We monitor for those toxins through a lot of the commercial shellfish farming as well as the recreational shellfish programme. And so we, we generally see those levels rising before we have to go out there and put some warnings up. So we've got some safe limits that we have and then we aim to get the, the signage and the warnings up when those are exceeded. Once you get it in an area, you often have it coming back year on, year out. So the phytoplankton form little, they call them cysts, which are like a little seed, and they'll sink to the bottom and live in the sand, and then um, when the conditions are right, they'll come back out again and multiply into a big bloom. So that's paralytic shellfish toxins, and then there's neurotoxic shellfish poisoning. That creates um, issues with the brain. You get sensations of cold when it's hot and hot when it's cold, and it can be pretty pretty bad for you. Breathing difficulties, um, diarrhoea, vomiting. And then we've got amnesiac shellfish poisoning. So that, that actually has associations with people losing some of their memory, which is pretty interesting. It's pretty uncommon, though. I think we've only really had one outbreak in Canada back in the 80s, maybe. 
And then we've got diuretic shellfish toxins, so um, they'll give you a bout of diarrhoea and vomiting. Of those four, what do we see in New Zealand? We see them all, but the most common would be paralytic shellfish toxins and then diuretic shellfish toxins. You can also get viral and bacterial infections from eating contaminated shellfish. So Vibrio parahemolyticus is the bacterial infection we're seeing a lot of right now. Previously, we, we just weren't getting any, any numbers on Vibrio, and now we're getting dozens each year on it. And then other viruses may include norovirus and um, hepatitis. Campylobacter, you can get that from shellfish. There's some general food safety tips about when you do go out and collect shellfish and what we really want to avoid is going out when the water's not in good clean condition because shellfish filter feed so what that means is the way they feed is they filter out anything out of the water column. They've got like a little sieve in their mouth and they'll get all those little particles and gobble them up. So when the rivers are overflowing from flooding or there's storm water leaking, you know, old storm water with a bit of sewage in there probably, maybe a bit of cat poo running off the street or dog poo, that's going into those shellfish. So you want to give it some time after a flooding or rainfall before you go out and get the shellfish. How long do you need to wait? Ideally till the water runs clear, so the sea's relatively clean. Generally, I'd say give it five days. Stay away from those urban areas, ideally, because there's just a lot of pollution in cities and towns these days. I've always been told that if you're cooking, say, mussels and mm. one doesn't open, don't eat it. That's the general rule, they say. Um, I think the, the best thing to do, though, is when you're about to throw them in the pan is you tap the shell and to see that the, it moves to close. And then you'll know that that's alive still. And if it doesn't move, then it's dead, so you should discard it before you actually cook it. The, the issue there is if it's dead, then it's been... Who knows how long it's been dead for, so it might have been rotting away in the fridge. Sometimes if I'm cooking mussels, as soon as they open, I'll grab them out because that's when they're really still really, really tender. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay? Well, historically that has been okay, but in recent years we've been actually having issues with um, Vibrio. And that's been going around the world, actually, or creating issues around the world where people are getting ill from this bacteria. And... Even when people lightly cook their shellfish, they're still getting ill from Vibrio. So we're now actually saying, look, you really have to thoroughly cook your shellfish before you eat them to remove that risk. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. Yeah. Well, traditionally, a lot of people will eat their seafood raw. Yeah, yeah, and it's a risk people are going to have to decide whether they want to keep taking now. That um, We're seeing a lot more of Vibrio around as our seas are warming up that range of those um, vibrios is extending and so yeah we have been seeing more and more people getting ill. And you're putting that down to the warming of the sea? I think it is and I think we've just I guess through um, global shipping and everything you know we, we do get these strains coming in from overseas that then you know make home here in New Zealand and then they just um, travel around the country and so we, we've inherited a few a few nasties so to speak. So while um, bacteria and viruses will get um, killed when you cook them but for the toxic algal blooms the toxins don't actually get destroyed by cooking so it's really important that if there is a public health warning for algal blooms then you, um, cooking won't help just leave it alone. I mean we're, we're up in the Bay of Plenty in a um, town called Makatu and we're putting up some signs up there one day saying there's a paralytic shellfish toxin warning and this old fella comes up to us and he's like oh I got really ill once from eating shellfish after you put the signs up, but I ignored them and, you know, we 
I was ill, I had to go to hospital and my wife was giving me grief, but yeah, he was really ill. He said after that, he, yeah, he really didn't want to eat them for a while. So, you know, it's pretty serious for some people. Yeah. Got to obey those warnings. Pierre says thankfully we haven't had any deaths from paralytic shellfish poisoning in New Zealand. Uh, it's quite common overseas, especially in um, a lot of Asian countries. Do you put that down to good monitoring? Uh, it's good monitoring, yeah. So we've got a pretty comprehensive program around New Zealand, so we do have a good understanding of you know when the blooms are around. How yeah. does that monitoring work? Talk me through it. There's over 100 different shellfish growing areas for commercial shellfish farming around New Zealand, so um, that's mainly mussels and oysters. So they've all got their own monitoring program and they share their data with us, with MPI. So we use that data and then we also have a recreational monitoring program. We've got about 45 sites around the country and we test the water and we test the shellfish on a regular basis. That all gets sent down to Nelson to a laboratory and they look for the toxic phytoplankton in the water or otherwise they'll test the shellfish for the toxins themselves. So you have people actually going out there with a little test tube and gathering yep. the water? Yep, so they'll go out and um, get a, a bucket of water and pour that into a little container and send that down to the lab to analyse. And then someone else will be going out there and getting a dozen shellfish and send that down to the lab. Typically we, we target those beaches where there's a lot of shellfish gathering going on, so popular sites around the country. And Piers has some tips if you're planning to head out to gather shellfish. Well, keep them out of the hot sun, so keep them in a bucket with some seawater in there fresh seawater and then cover it with a tea towel or a towel or something to keep the sun out and then once you're going back home ideally put it in a chilli bin or if you're not far away just yeah, take it home with the seawater in it still put a lid on it and then let them desand so that get the sand out of them and then um, once you're ready to eat them cook them cooking always removes um, you know there's harmful bacterial risks and viral risks and then cook them thoroughly. Um, the other thing is if you're going to put them in the, if you're going to hold them for a bit longer put them in the fridge. If people gather shellfish and start feeling sick what should they do? Seek medical help immediately is the best course of action. So ring Healthline that's, and otherwise um, go and talk to your doctor or go to hospital if it's serious. Does MPI want to know? Yeah, get in touch with MPI, ring our um, 0800 number and just let us know what, what you've found or what's happened and we can also investigate and go and do some water testing and also put out a public health warning if we need to as well. Piers Harrison. The symptoms of Vibrio include abdominal cramps, diarrhoea, nausea, vomiting and fever. And despite knowing what he knows, Piers says he loves eating shellfish and occasionally gathers it, but prefers to buy it. That way he knows it will have had the official stamp of approval. And just a reminder, cooking kills viruses and bacteria, but not shellfish toxins. So if there's a public health warning advising you not to gather shellfish, don't. I'm Carol Stiles and you've been listening to Gut Feelings, a series in MPI's Primary Matters podcast. Thanks for your company. Kia pai tada. Mm-hmm.